0: To open up the heavens this morning. You got <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh.
1: We've waited for this day we're gathered in your
0: praise you this morning. Because you are worthy, Father, we don't want to see our circumstances. We don't want to see the things that we just want to be right now in the present in your presence, Lord. We just want to see you. We want to focus on you.
1: Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want to be close, close to your side so heaven is real and death is alive i want to hear voices of angels above singing as one E Demons run.
0: and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. Oh, my people, trust in him at all times. This mountain that's in front of me will be thrown into
1: the midst of the sea.
0: in this place today that need to just be placed at your feet, Lord. Praise Jesus.
2: Father, that seems to be the word today. While on others you are calling, do not pass me by. First of all, Father, I want to pray that for this church, for this body of believers right here. Father, your word says that you have seated us in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You have blessed us with every spiritual blessing. You have made sure that we do not lack anything spiritually. That through your divine nature, you have made, given us everything necessary for life and godliness. Father, while you are pouring out your blessings on other churches... And we do not ask you to stop doing that. We simply ask, do not pass us by. Pour out your spirit. Pour out your holiness. Pour out your righteousness. Pour out your precious spirit upon this place. Do not pass us by. For we are here. And we are hungry. And we are open. And we are available. And we are needy. And we desire the presence of your Holy Spirit here in this place to touch our lives. Father, do not let us leave this place today the same as when we came in. May we leave here different because we have been in your incredible presence. We thank you, Father. We thank you. We praise you. You are the great I am. There is none like you. There is no one who is above you. There is no one who deserves your worship more than you. Our worship is focused on you. We are to love no one else. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. So today, Father, I just pray that we will experience the pouring out upon us that I know you want to do. In Jesus' name I pray. May your blessing rest upon the offering as we give it and receive it in an act of worship and trust in who you are. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. We thank you that uh, it is our guide for faith and conduct. It is good for correction. It is good for rebuke. It is good for being taught in godliness. May your word come alive to us today not because of the words I speak, but because of the presence of your Holy Spirit in our lives and hearts. For it is the Spirit, it is the Holy Spirit that quickens our spirit and quickens the Word in our spirit so that we are doers of the Word and not hearers only. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, we looked at this verse of Scripture. It's found in 1 Peter chapter chapter 2, and it says this, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. And we talked about that word, what that word means is be called it literally means to be invited or to be appointed and God has called us out of darkness into his wonderful light so that's a, a marvelous powerful verse of scripture that God by his incredible grace and mercy would would just say to you you. Come out of the darkness. Come out of the darkness. See, when you're in the darkness, unless there's a light, you can't get out of the darkness. You have no way to know which way is out unless you have a light. There has to be a light. You're in if you're in a, you know, the proverbial train tunnel, I see the light at the end of the tunnel. Well, how do you know which way to go if there's no light? The light is the direction you're going to go, and Jesus, Jesus calls us, God calls us out of darkness into his marvelous light. He is the light. He, we, we can see the light. We're in the darkness, and he says, come this way, come into the light. So he's called us. There are some other things that, 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 that this, this message, last week's message, came to me from my experience uh, the week before in the Dominican Republic. Um, and I don't know if I said this to you. I, I know I said it to someone this past week. And, and I to just want to say these words. They're, if you have ever thought about doing anything like that, let me tell you, make plans and do it. I waited until I was 67 I was down there on my birthday, as a matter of fact. We got there on Sunday, my birthday was on Monday. I waited until I was 67 years old to do that, to go on a mission trip. Now, I want to say something here. If you never go on a mission trip, you won't be any less saved than you are now. If you don't go on a mission trip, God will accomplish His plans and purpose in that place no matter what but I just want to say one thing to you. If, if you, well, here's what I'm going to say to you. The only thing that you will do to yourself is that you will cheat yourself out of an amazing experience of what God is doing in other places. Okay? You're not any less of a Christian if you don't go on a mission trip. Okay? God doesn't love you any less. But what I'm telling you is, if you don't go you will miss out on one of the most fantastic experiences that you've ever had. It is, it is an amazing, an amazing experience. So I just say that to you, not as, a, not as a, a statement of judgment, but a statement of, man, don't miss out on this. Don't wait until you're my age to go, okay? Because now I've only got, a f- <laughs> I don't have nearly as many that I can go to now, um, until I may be physically unable to go, I don't know. I'm I'm hoping to be like Moses when he's 120. His eyes were not dimmed, and his you know he was still he was still going strong at 120. Okay, I uh, that's my plan now. Whether <laughs> whether or not that's God's plan or not, that's my plan. My plan is to keep on going. But anyway, this message came out of that because. We were, we were in this small fishing village called Palmar de Acoa. And in this small fishing village, there is this one church pastored by Pastor um, Pedro Sanchez. And out of that church, they have planted two other churches, one in Duvergue one in El Golfo. And the one in Duvergue was where we were building and doing the construction. And here is, this, here is this pastor in this little fishing village consumed with poverty. Con- alcohol and drug abuse are rampant. And here's a man that God is called out of his darkness <laughs> into his marvelous light. Why, they're even on this small little island in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean or the Caribbean Sea, whichever you, you want to call the, where they are. They're on a small island, and half the island isn't even theirs. Half of it belongs to Haiti. And they're the other half, and... Here's this small village, insignificant in its, in its impact on the world, and, and a pastor. And yet, the calling upon the life of that pastor and the calling upon the brothers and sisters in that little village is a high calling. It is a high calling because God has called them and God doesn't call people to insignificant callings. God calls them to significant callings because whatever He calls them to is, and it has to do with eternity. It has to do with forever. It is a significant thing because God is calling. And God, If God calls you to do something, it cannot be considered insignificant. And it was out of that that I, this verse hit me. And as I was looking at that word called, and we, we talked about that last week, I, there were some other things that I read about in the word of God that we've been called to. There's a number of them we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about them, not all of them today. But God has invited us to those things. Listen to what the Word says. Paul is writing to Timothy the second time. And he says to Timothy, Timothy, join me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. (laughs) Hey, let's go suffer for Jesus. He says, join me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God who has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we've done, but because of His own purpose and grace. So, in chapter 2 of of Peter, He calls us out of darkness into His marvelous light. He says, that's not all I have for you. He said, I'm also calling you to a holy life. Peter says this in chapter 1, Therefore prepare your minds for action. The King James says, I like some of the wordy in the King James. The King James Version says, Gird up the loins of your mind. Gird up the loins of your mind. And it, and it, literally, it literally means this. It's, it means the same thing. Prepare your minds for action. But the picture the picture that that brings to us is this. In, in Jesus' day, when Peter's writing this, they had long flowing robes. Okay? And if you wanted to go somewhere, okay, they, you would have a belt around your robe, but it, you, were, you were a guy, you, were, you, had long, you had long flowing robes on. And, and in, if you wanted to go somewhere in a hurry, and you tried to run I mean, ladies, if you're wearing a maxi dress, you know, or whatever, one, a really long skirt or an evening gown or something, and you try to run, okay, it doesn't work real well. Well, this is what was going on then. They had long, long flowing robes down to their, to their feet. And so the idea in girding up the loins, they're girding up their loins was to. To, was to go down like this and reach back and grab the back of their robe and pull it up through their legs and tuck it into their belt. Now, now the lower part of their legs were exposed, but now there was nothing to trip them up. Now they could take off and they could run as fast as they could go, and there was nothing that would hinder them. And Peter says, in, and the King James says, Gird up the loins of your mind. In other words, prepare your minds for action because we've got things to do. Okay? Gird up the loins. Prepare your minds for action. Be self controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. That was when you were in darkness. You've been called out of darkness into His marvelous light. But just as He who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy, because I am holy. God said that in the Old Testament, Book of Leviticus. So just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. And you go, Well, wait a minute. How am I gonna be holy? I I I I can't I can't be like God. But but God said, be holy because I'm holy. Now, there are either two things going on here. Either God is asking us to do something we can't possibly do, and it is impossible to accomplish in our lives. Or or it is possible, and God expects it of us. Okay? Okay? Now, you say, whoa, you mean I got to be holy like God? Well, let me explain some of that to you in, in this way. In the back of my yard, in my, in my backyard, I have uh, a couple of fruit trees. Um, one of them is a. One of them is an orange tree, I have a nectarine tree, I have a peach tree, and I have, I think it's a tangelo, which is obviously another orange, but I mean it's, but I have an orange tree. And if I go out there at a certain point in time, I can find, uh, I'll find some flowers on it. The, The tree begins to bloom. And then in the midst of the flower, there is this little thing almost that looks like a pea. It's about the size of a pea. It's a little round green thing about the size of the pea. W- can you tell me what that is? Orange. It's an orange. But it's green. So it's a green, not a, No, <laughs> It's an orange. Is it not? I mean, it, it's, it's... It's not a pineapple, is it? It's an orange. Now, if I wait... If I wait several months that that little green thing turns into a larger a larger piece of fruit and changes color and 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 what is it then? So it was an orange when it was green, and now it's an orange when it's orange. So, so what you're telling me is, is that in that orange, orange, and in that little green thing that was unedible and 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 green and little and tiny, in those two items were exactly the same molecules and and cells and. DNA, if you will, everything was exactly the same. The difference between the the two was was not in quantity, but in quality. The quality of the big orange was much different than the quality of the little green orange, but they were still the same makeup. Folks, I want you to understand that is is a great analogy of the the difference between you being holy and God being holy. Will you ever experience the quantity of holiness that God has? Only when you get to heaven. Because your body, your human body cannot experience what God... As a matter of fact, that's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians, flesh and blood will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Why? We can't possibly deal with the majesty and the holiness of heaven in this body. Can we have the same quality of holiness that God has? Of course we can. Why? Because he that knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Is the righteousness of God in Him a different righteousness than the righteousness of God in us? No. So, what He does is just as He who called you, He called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. Just as He called you, He is holy, so be holy in all you do. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Do everything He asks you to do. You say, how do I do that? That comes from obeying the Spirit of God, listening to the Spirit of God, allowing the Spirit of God to quicken your your spirit. And no matter what He asks you to do, no matter what He tells you to do, you do it, you, you follow the leading of the Spirit. The Bible says if we walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. <coughs> I did not put this passage of Scripture up on the, in part of, my, part of my PowerPoint. But there's another passage of Scripture where Jesus is speaking in John chapter 15. And Jesus said, I'm the vine and you're the branches. My father is the husbandman, but I'm the vine and you are the branches. And my father, he uses the word prune and to us sometimes pruning means to, to lop off, but it can also mean to clean, where he cleans the dirt and the dust off the leaves so that the the, the sunlight can do its its work. Sometimes that's what it means. But he says, My father, my father prunes and my father cleans. He says, and then you remain in me so that you can bear much fruit. And almost everyone I every Christian I know has asked the question, what's that fruit like? What does it mean to bear much fruit? What does that mean? What does it mean to bear fruit? Some people say, well, it means you, you go out and you witness and you win a lot of people to Jesus. I want you to understand something here. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I, may, I may shock you theologically here. It isn't The branch's job to worry about the fruit. The branch doesn't decide what the fruit's going to be. Are you hearing me? The branch doesn't decide what the fruit's going to be. What decides what the fruit's gonna be? The vine decides what the fruit's gonna be. The vine is what produces the nutrients to the branch, so the branch can produce the fruit, but it's not the fruit, it's not the branch's job to decide what the fruit is. The fruit is determined by the vine it's connected to. The vine makes the decisions about the fruit. The husbandman, the husbandman merely works with the branches and the vine to make sure that the environment that they're in and the circumstances they're in is such that the branch can produce the most fruit possible. We just need to stop worrying about what that means, what the fruit means and remain in the vine. That's what he says. He says without me you can do nothing. We got to remain in the vine. We got to stay with the vine. We got to stay connected to the vine. And the vine will determine what the fruit is going to be. If you want to this this concept of being called to be holy oft times scares people off. Because there have been so many over the years that have distorted and abused the concept of biblical holiness. They said you had to dress a certain way. they said you had to worship a certain way you you couldn't have some you couldn't have some of the things that that life had to offer and it was all this it was all this legalistic stuff and then People began, you know, I mean, all you got to do is examine the day of Jesus and look at the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. And you want to see how legalism creeped in in, the, in an effort to just, you know, to follow the commands of God and, and how legalistic it became. And that's what happened here. Jesus came to this earth and he lived a holy life. I want, I want to say something here. Jesus lived a holy life. And unsaved people loved to be around Him. Did you catch that? Jesus lived a holy life and unsaved people loved to hang around Him. Are you kidding me? If you, if you listen to some, some people talk about living a holy life, it, it, the, the, the whole concept of living a holy life is get as far away as you can from these degenerate pagans and live your life unto God. And Jesus lived a holy life and hung around with unsaved people and they loved Him. So much so that the religious people of the day found fault with him. As they did with John the Baptist. John the Baptist came neither eating or drinking. <laughs> and you said he had a devil. And the Son of Man came came and was eating and drinking, and you call him a glutton and a wine-bibber, or an alcoholic. Called. This, This idea of living a holy life, called, invited, appointed to be holy, is something that happens Within us, in our hearts, by the Spirit of God. And at the same time, the Spirit of God is wooing us and and instructing us and helping us to give up and put aside the things that do not belong to someone who is a child of God. At the same time, He is making us attractive to the unsaved. I can't get away from that. I simply can't. I simply cannot get away from the fact that Jesus was the most holy person to ever live on this earth and the unsaved people liked him. 1 Thessalonians 4, 7 says, For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Ephesians 1.3 Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. Do you understand that you've been chosen to be holy and blameless in His sight before the foundations of the world? That everything that God did from the time He created the world and He knew in His omnipotence that there was going to be failure and that there was going to be sin, there was a Lamb who was also slain before the foundation of the world. And from the very moment that God put into motion and began to speak the worlds and the universe into existence, He He chose us in Him. He didn't didn't say, you're going to get saved and you're not going to get saved and you're going to get saved and you're not going to get saved. He did not choose us that way. He chose us in Him, in Christ, before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. That was His ultimate goal for us to be this reflection of of our Father. Just as He who called you is holy, so be you holy in everything that you do. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. So so how does this manifest itself in in your life? Your life's different than my life. How How does that manifest itself in your life? How does it manifest itself in your neighborhood? How does it manifest itself where you work? You're sitting there in your office or behind the counter or wherever you work or wherever you are. And you're surrounded by people who don't worship God. Matter of fact, they get great joy in talking about all of that stuff that they do. How do you live that out? How, how does how does that how does that work its way out of you? When in the next cubicle, they're using offensive language. Now, I shouldn't mean you should be offended. If you're you're a mature Christian, being offended should... But you have to listen to it. How do you respond? How do you respond in a holy way that exemplifies the life of Jesus without causing those who are involved in that ungodly lifestyle to not find you offensive. How do you do that? Oh, you were looking for an answer. <laughs> oh, you were looking for an answer. You see? Huh? No, no, no. I'm just. I was. I was just trying to. I was just trying to. Um, you know, use the moment for a little bit, Joni. I was just um, because for me to stand up here and give you a flat answer to that. Will, would work for some, but would not work for others. And in those moments are when, when you, you and I, we have, to, we have to live out the holiness that God has put within us. We, it doesn't mean that we have to stop them. I was talking with... <coughs> and I, He stepped out for a minute. I wish I, Richard was here because he was... He told me one time about it. He was in a restaurant, and there was a whole group of guys that were over a few tables away, and they were just... They were very raucous and very vulgar and very... Um, just, you know, didn't care who was around them and, and what kind of language they were using and everything else. And, and, he, and he said... You know what? He goes, I just started, I just started to, not, out, not necessarily out loud, not to try to outdo them, but he said, I just began to worship the Lord. And he said, I just began to, now, Father, your name is holy. You are worthy of all our praise and our glory. And I just want you to be praised in this place. And he said, moment in just mere moments, there was a, there was a peace that came down and settled over that place. And the language stopped. And everything was quiet. And those poor boys didn't even know what happened. That is is being in tune with your Father. That is being in tune with His Spirit for each and every situation. There may be times when it is necessary, or appropriate for you to speak. But sometimes, you just need to let the Spirit of God take over and do what He does. In Colossians 3.12, it says this, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. For he who has called you is holy. So be you holy. You have been called to holiness. It's part of what God wants to accomplish in your life After he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Now he wants to make you every bit the image of his son. Every bit the image of his son. Folks, we're going to go go deeper in this. We're, we're We're going to go into some areas where I believe it's going to make us uncomfortable. Good. We need to be made uncomfortable. We need to be made uncomfortable. We need to to begin to allow our lives to line up with the the spirit of the living God and with the word of God which will never contradict one another. But I'm going to tell you, he has has called us out out of darkness into his marvelous light to be a holy people. To be a holy people. That will attract unsaved people to Him because of our good deeds and our good behavior and who we are. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your grace. As we study this, Lord, we are continually overwhelmed by your grace. You wouldn't have even had to call us out of darkness. There was no obligation on your part. You weren't any less God with us in darkness. But you couldn't bear. You couldn't because of your great love for us. You couldn't bear to see us stay in darkness. And so you called to us. You called our name. You called us and you said, "Come out of that. Come out of it. Come out into my light. Father, we just praise you. We praise you and glorify you and lift you up that you called us out of that. And that you weren't finished with us then, but now you want the work of your spirit to create a holy people. May it ever be in our minds, Lord, We are a holy people. As the one who called us is holy, so may we be holy in everything we do. We thank you, Lord, for the ministries of this church. We are so grateful to you that you have brought them to us. We've not had to go out and hunt for them. You've brought them to us and said, Here is here are the things that I want you to be involved in and support and pray for and and give to. And and we do that with joyful hearts, Lord. We are just amazed at how you are working in the prison ministry, Lord, and how you are opening doors around the world in places where the prisons are, are just really bad. And yet in... In that someone has sparked a light and it has been you and and now there are going to be opportunities for the gospel to go into these dark places where there is no hope suddenly there will be hope and we thank you for that we thank you for love serves and lord i want i just want to pray for for martin i want to pray for Peter, I want to pray for the, for the board of love serves as they look to you and seek your wisdom and to seek your guidance for an expansion of love serves into other countries. And Lord, some of the things that are on their mind are they're big, which means they can only be you. And Lord, I just pray that you will lead them and guide them and give them wisdom in everything they decide to do with this ministry and how it moves forward. Father, we know that if you're in it, just as you are in it in the Dominican, it will explode and it will will be a, a way for people to come and be called out of darkness into your wonderful light. We thank you for the transitional center Lord and we pray for the service there this coming Saturday. We pray Lord that your spirit will already go ahead of us and we'll be preparing the hearts of these girls to hear your word. Open the hearts of your people to be a part of that. Father I pray for Todd and Shelly as they are taking some time off and they'll be doing some some home ministry and they'll be doing some Just some reflection and and, uh, regrouping, Lord. And we pray for Shelly's health. We pray, Lord, that you will just touch that thyroid and make it do exactly what it's supposed to do. Relieve her of that emotional stress that's on her, Father. And we just pray that they will come to to a new understanding of your plan and purpose for their lives and what you would have them to do. We pray for Chris, who is back in Thailand for just a few months and getting back in? thank you for working out her visa situation, Lord, we, we thank you for that. And now as she gets back into ministry, but then in a few months prepares to come back to the United States for some home mission work, we just pray your blessing and your guidance and your wisdom on her and her team. And Lord, we just can't thank you enough for how you've been blessing our daycare. We are full there's, a, there's waiting lists. Um, we thank you for the summer camp. We pray for, the, for the, um, the kids as they put on this show on Wednesday night, For the parents that will be here, for the opportunities for us as a church to mingle with them and get to know them. I just pray for a great week, Lord, where your spirit is at work in the lives of your people, creating in us a holy life. A life like Jesus, holy, and yet sinners love us. And we can attract them to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.